Welcome to the Amy Egan Podcast, where each Saturday, Lindenwood University head women's basketball coach Amy Egan talks women's basketball and much, much more. We'll talk about past games, future games, players, the Ohio Valley Conference, NCAA academics, careers, and much, much more. This week, we're going to talk with guard Michaela Wallace. And Michaela, thanks for taking time to join us today. I understand you're in Macomb, Illinois today. Yes, I am. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I enjoyed having you on the podcast with Coach Egan. How was the drive up from St. Louis? It wasn't too bad. It was a short drive. Very nice. I slept the whole way, so <laughs> okay, I didn't know. Well, well, good for you. <laughs> so let me just go ahead and ask you a couple of questions, and um, we'll take it from there. So if you would kind of tell us, Michaela, about your basketball journey from high school until today. Okay. Um. So coming out of high school, I signed to Evansville. Um, that's in Indiana. I spent my freshman and sophomore year there. After that, I transferred to the University of North Dakota, and that's where I graduated. So I spent my junior and senior year there. Um, I tore my ACL during my junior year, so that allowed me to have two more years. And so now that's where I use my years at Lindenwood. Okay. And before we get into more serious basketball questions, I, I thought I saw you playing some pickleball earlier this week. <laughs> Are you maybe planning on becoming a professional pickleball player someday? Um, probably not professional. I'm not that really good at it, but I had a little fun playing it in my little free time that I had. Not best, but I did what I could. <laughs> and I assume you won a couple of games when you were playing this week. Yeah, I did. A, I won a couple. Oh, I lost okay. a few too, but I got to talk a little smack, so I had to win. Oh, yeah, that's, that's part of the game. So tell us about your major. Tell us about what you're planning to do, what you would like to do after you graduate next year. Yeah, so I got my undergrad in sports communication, and now I'm working on my master in leadership management. After college, I plan on being a college coach and uh, eventually just getting into sports broadcasting in the uh, basketball world. Because you'll have to start your own podcast someday about basketball coaching. Yes. And 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 this is, this is your second year at D1 basketball, is that right? Or you were at Evansville, that was D1 also? Yeah, Evansville and North Dakota was D1. Okay. And if you would, just kind of compare year one of D1 basketball at Lindenwood with year two for us. Um, Year one, it was different because of a lot of changes. So we had to, well, by Lindenwood transforming from... Mm -hmm. Division two to Division one, they were just like doing a lot of building just all around. Um, it wasn't bad. It was a good start. Um, I feel like it was much needed in the area of St. Louis, which is which is great. And I feel like this year is just a different. They just trying to figure out the foundation and stuff on how to make the university better. So of course I watch almost every Lindenwood basketball game, and I. Michaela, I noticed you drive in the lane many, many times, and <laughs> there's some pretty big young women in your way. What are you thinking about as you're driving the lane and you see those big bodies start to come at you? <laughs> oh, well, it just kind of depends. It's, if it catches me off guard, it's like, oh, snap. Like, <laughs> I'm really going in here against some big people, so is it like you better go to the lane strong and finish strong? Or my favorite move is my step through, so I get in there and step yeah. through. Maybe even dump it down to the post and pass the ball. Okay. 
Well, it's impressive to watch you. You're very quick in there, and I enjoy watching you make those drives. And Thank last you. question, you're in Macomb for Saturday's game against Western Illinois University. Tell me, what do you expect as a guard from Western Illinois University in the game tomorrow? Um, I just expect them to uh, compete, um, push the tempo. They play fast. They do a lot of um, different things on the offensive end now, and I expect them to just, I don't know, um, do what they do. They don't really have anything set, and so they just run and play. And I feel like we're prepared and ready to play our principles and do what we're supposed to do to put us in a successful situation. Well, I wish you every success at Lindenwood Basketball. And as you graduate, get your master's degree. Congratulations on that later. I guess it's this year, later this year. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the basketball court for a few more months at least. Yes, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. So, Coach Egan, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, it, it has been a interesting week here in St. Louis, but I, I understand you had a team building pickleball event for your players and staff this week. Tell our listeners about that. We did. Um, you know, I think we, you, when you, when you're in January, beginning of January and your kids haven't really started, um, classes, haven't started classes yet. I think they have a little extra time and sometimes it gets a little boring, uh, just doing basketball and nobody else really on campus. And so, uh, we had a, one of our supporters step up and, uh, offer to, uh, to, to rent a facility and have them come play some pickleball and compete a little bit. Uh, and it was so much fun. Um, I think, uh, a lot of our kids really, really enjoyed it. And it was the first time for some of them to be around what, uh, pickleball and to play pickleball. Um, so, um, some of them may now have a lifelong career in pickleball after they get done with basketball. You never know. There, there, there you go. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that for a second. Let's talk basketball, and uh, Southern Indiana was at the Highland Center on New Year's Eve. Monster crowd, great basketball yeah. game. What was your biggest takeaway from that, Coach? Yeah, I mean, I think it was probably the biggest crowd um, in Division I era for the women's game at Lindenwood. Uh, we had an official count, I think, of 1,491, so almost 1,500 people there. Um, and I think, you know, what the community is seeing and what people on campus are seeing. And, you know, I had so many people come up to me after that game and just even say, wow, like, you know, I haven't been to a game since a women's game uh, for, you know, a couple of years. And I just can't believe uh, how fun your kids are to watch and how hard they compete and how hard they play and the style of play. And, you know, that is one thing when I took over, you know, the job that I knew, you know, the, the way we play and the style we play. Um, it's fun to watch, you know, playing that style and watching it. Um, it's just fun to watch. So I think we're seeing some results of that. Um, and, you know, I, I, th I think that starts with the kids you have. And, you know, I'm very lucky and blessed to have kids that are buying into what we want to do um, and are just great people. I mean, just great people. I, I couldn't imagine putting together a better squad than um, the, the ones that we have in our program right now. And so I think we're seeing a lot of uh, their hard work and their passion for what we're doing pay off. And um, so I, I, I was very proud of our kids. You know, it's, it's such it's so hard and it's such a tough thing because, you know, I walk into that locker room afterwards and we're so close again, you know, so close. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, 
it's hard because we we did I feel like our kids did everything they could uh, to win that game <clears throat> in regards to competing, uh, to playing hard, to prepping, um, to executing the game plan. They did so well with that. Um, and uh, but at the same time, you know, I wasn't happy that we lost. Um, so it's kind of, it's hard with that balance because you want them to know that you're proud of them, but you also want them to continue to work and to strive for, um, to win, you know, and, and we're not there yet. Um, uh, but we're getting really, really close. And, you know, I told them even, I think I've told them a couple of times, man, when this flips and when it happens, it's going to be really, really sweet. And, um, I really do believe that. So we're headed in the right direction. Um, we keep getting better and better. I think anybody that's has seen us from the beginning of the year to now, um, I mean, the growth that everyone has said that they're seeing is, is, um, it's great to hear that. Um, and it should make our kids really proud of stuff. So, uh, definitely, I think a lot of really, really good takeaways from that game. Uh, but still a lot of things I feel like we can continue to get better at and strive for. So I watched Gracie Kelsey in the, especially in the first half of that game. And she was, I've never seen her be so aggressive on the boards. Talk about Gracie's development so far in the first few months and what do you see for her in the next three years at Lindenwood? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for Gracie, um, I, I do believe, I mean, she is, um, her ceiling, she's not even close to what her ceiling's going to be. Um, you know, I, I envision her uh, at some point in our program, hopefully, um, you know, playing like a stretch four for us because she has the ability to shoot it. Uh, she has the ability to handle it out on the perimeter. Um, you know, she can do some things from that four spot uh, that, you know, this year we're just not really able because of some depth, depth in the five spot able to put her there. But, you know, we throw her in there and practice some and you can really, really see that she's going to be really comfortable in that position when we're able to move her out there some. She'll always still probably play some five for us, but I definitely think we can get her out on the perimeter more uh, in the future. Um, you know, I think Gracie... Um, you know, for her and what she does for us, I think she's done that from the beginning. I think she competes really, really hard. She works really, really hard. Um, you know, I think you mentioned that she rebounded extremely well the other night and she does that typically all the time. Um, the biggest thing and reason some people, maybe even you have not seen that is because she's been in some foul trouble and we haven't been able to keep her in, the, in some of the games that we needed to keep her in uh, because of that foul trouble. So we've been working with her and talking with her and, and some of our other kids as well about staying down and not fouling and moving your feet and playing with your feet. Um, and because I think she was able to do that against Southern Indiana and not foul, you were able to actually see what she can do on the floor. And uh, so she did a lot of great things the other night for us. I mean, whether it was rebounding, uh, defending, she gave us, uh, you know, a couple great buckets, uh, one around the rim, I think, one one outside shot. So I think you were able to see a, a little bit of what she can do. Um, and I think that's exciting. You know, the next three years for her are going to be uh, filled with a lot of development, and she's just going to take her career to that next level. Okay, good. And I, I think one of the things I'm seeing is a lot more shots off the dribble and drive, particularly the two Michaela's and maybe even Maya Scoff. Is that something you've been working on as a team recently? Well, I, I mean, I think, you know, we have to have that. We have to have more than 
you know, Ellie scoring. And I think our kids are aware of that. Um, and I hope they understand that they're capable of that. You know, we've had some conversations with that. Um, but I think we, I, I think our kids are really good at understanding their strengths and their weaknesses, uh, and what they're good at, uh, maybe what they're not so good at and playing to those strengths. You know, there's some coaches that, um, only allow kids to take threes or layups, um, I'm not so much that type of coach, you know, if a kid, you know, I've coached kids that, um, were really, really good off the pull up. Well, I'm not going to take that away from them if they're good at, good at that. Um, so I think, you know, we try to put them in positions to, to fit their strengths. Um, and you know, some of the offense that we run, some of the motion type offense, um, we're starting to understand some of that, you know, we, we still have a ton of reads that we got to, we got to keep working on, but our kids are starting to see some of the reads as they're playing. And I think that's just making some of the dribble drive stuff and the pull-ups and stuff around the rim, uh, a lot easier for our kids. Interesting. And, and I know, uh, Michaela talked about this, you're in Macomb and you had play Western on Saturday. <laughs> What do you expect to see from a coach's perspective from Western Illinois? Yeah, you know, I, I think Western, um, they lost to SEMO the other night. So, um, I mean, heading into the game as a coach, that's that's not one of the things you really like to have uh, because, you know, a lot of teams, sometimes when they lose, they get a little bit more focused with stuff. Um, so, you know, I think with them, um, you're going to see a complete opposite game of Southern Indiana, you know, where Southern Indiana was had bigs and, like Ty Lowe, you're going to see a lot more of freelance offense with them, a lot more motion. Um, they don't really have a ton of set plays with what they do. Uh, they put their kids in a position. Their kids know their strengths and their weaknesses, and they put them in a position on the floor to catch in those situations and play to their strengths. So, um, you know, I, I think the first thing, I think the two biggest things that we communicated with our kids is, number one, changeover. Um, they like to take early shots in the clock. They like to take threes and, and changeover and in transition. So we have to limit those things uh, first and foremost. And then we have to win the rebounding battle. I mean, we are number one in defensive rebounding in the league right now, uh, which is great that we did that against Southern Indiana, uh, but we got to continue to do that. Um, and they are number one in the league in offensive rebounding. So uh, the rebounding stat tomorrow may be the number one thing that decides that game, uh, who can win that battle and who can do it to the best of their ability. Cool. Cool. And let's move away from basketball a little bit. Classes start up at Lindenwood next week. And and as a coach, how do you balance during the course of the next few months basketball? How do you balance practice and travel and study? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I told our kids the other day, I think January is the hardest month um, because, you know, you start back to school, you have to get back in this rhythm uh, with classes and you have to relearn a whole new semester of where your classes are and, you know, different time frames and when you got to fit basketball in and so forth. So that first week is uh, a little bit harder. And, you know, we, we actually hit the road in that first week. So they're going to miss some, some early classes with it. But, um, you know, I think most of our kids now, I think last semester, uh, for our freshmen, it was a little bit hard because it was just all new, you know, and now your second semester, you have an idea of what's going to happen and what's, what it's going to look like. So it'll be a little bit more comfortable, but it takes a little bit to get into that rhythm. I always think it's a good thing. Um, 
you know, when you can get into uh, some kind of rhythm and you know kind of your day-to-day operations of when you're in class, when you can be in the gym, when you're at practice, I think it almost makes it a little bit more comfortable for kids. So uh, I'm looking forward to them getting back in the classroom uh, and not having as much, uh, if you want to call it free time or downtime with stuff. Um, I think it's good for them and it keeps them busy and Um, So I'm looking forward to it, but it's definitely hard for them to manage that. We talk a lot about, you know, doing stuff early in the semester, you know, taking care of your academics early in the semester, those kind of things, communicating with professors, uh, because it makes it a lot easier at the end. And so uh, we'll have those conversations again and, and talk with them again. But I think our kids do a really good job at that. And kind of a, I know a lot of different types of folks listen to your podcast, and I want to kind of give them a perspective here. The next question I had in mind was, when you look at a team's success, just from uh-huh. your perspective, Coach, what percentage of a team's success is based on players? And what percentage is based on coaches, just in your opinion? Yeah, well, you know, I think it starts with the head coach, you know. Um, I think you, know, you talk about leadership and you talk about, uh, even in our case, building a program or sustaining a program, you know, when we were at jury and those kind of things, um, it's not easy, but I think, you know, winning and losing has to start with a head coach, uh, then the staff and then the kids, you know, uh, and we have a lot of control over, you know, who we bring into our program. And so, um, we have to make sure we get the right kids that fit that, um, you know, obviously we want to teach our kids responsibility and, Um, We want to teach them to play hard and work hard. And, you know, I always feel like if, you know, you know, as a coach, if your kids are are doing what they should be doing, if they're working hard, if they're studying scout, you know, those things. Um, And I always feel like if they do those things, whether they win or lose, you know, as a coach, we have to reevaluate stuff as a head coach and um, see where we need to make some improvements and where we need to change things. So, you know, I think first and foremost, um, you know, I think it, 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 it goes down to me and, and to our staff, making sure that we're doing all the things from the top up first uh, and then getting the right kids in your program. And that kind of takes care of it. And of course, we're recording this podcast in early January. And I'm, I'm guessing, Coach, you have a long list of New Year's resolutions. <laughs> and, you know, what, which, what one do you want to share with the listeners? What's the one New Year's <laughs> resolution you want to share? I don't even know where to start with that. <laughs> um, I, I don't make it. I don't make really new year's resolutions too much. Um, a lot of it's because I'm so busy. Uh, and, uh, you know, I feel like, and sometimes maybe after this year, it'll be a little bit different, but you know, my day to day, um, schedule right now is so hectic and it's so much and it's so, um, different every day right now, just figuring things out and, and things coming up and, you know, all that, that I, I really didn't have a lot of time to think about it this year. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe in the future, I'll, I'll get to a little bit more of that. But um, this year, I, I didn't have much, I didn't have a lot to think about besides basketball and what we needed to do. So um, again, I, I probably should do that a little bit more in the future. Yeah, I think I'm going to make a note when we do the first podcast from <laughs> 2025, you're going to have a New Year's resolution. Yeah, um, well, you know, by... You know, Gary, by the time my third year here, right, and we have all these freshmen here that are juniors now, I say it all the time, right? I'm not going to have to coach, so I'm going to have plenty of time for New Year's resolutions, right? (laughs) Coach Egan, you're in Macomb, Illinois, to play Western this weekend. Best of luck to you. Uh, We've come to the end of this podcast. 
This podcast episode with Lindenwood University head women's basketball coach, Amy Egan. I encourage you to share the podcast link with your friends and families and neighbors. And of course, that really talented female basketball player who lives next door. Uh, and if you have questions or comments for Coach Egan for future podcasts, email them to gstalker, that's G-S-T-O-C-K-E-R at lindenwood.edu. And we'll talk next time.